Okay, we're in this series called Renown, and the deal with uh, Renown is that this whole thing is about living for the glory of God. That's what this whole series is about. It's about living for the glory of God. And so we're studying this 268 declaration, and you got a copy of that on the way in tonight. And it's five statements, and simply it's five statements of how to live for the glory of God. The first statement is about pursuing God with all your heart. The second statement is about loving the local church and getting involved and serving and being a part of the local church. And we've got a generation that's missing, and we want you to not be a part of that generation that's missing. We want you to be a part of the generation that's embracing the local church. The third statement is about unity and that you would be a um, not criticize other ministries, but that we would see that everybody's a bar- part of the body of Christ and that we want to, um, you know, glorify God by loving one another. So that's the third statement. The fourth one is about sharing the gospel, sharing the gospel uh, on your campus, with your family, in the city, and around the world. It's about sharing the gospel. And tonight, we're going to be talking about the fifth statement of the 268 Declaration. And I'm just going to tell you up front, this is like the heavy one, Okay. It's like the first four, it's like, oh, that's basic Christianity. You know, I get that. This one's like, this could change my life. And I'm just telling you, it's uh, one that can be intimidating. But I promise you, if you can embrace this, this will be the best part of it, the best experience for you. Because you're going to see what God is doing in and through you around the world which is amazing. So we're going to dive in, and I'm just going to share with you my story a little bit, but we're going to dive in with the 268 Declaration, and it says this. Because God is seeking worshipers of all peoples, I will spread his fame among the nations, fully participating in his global purposes and engaging poverty and injustice in Jesus' name. Okay, so here's the deal. We know that God wants everyone to be in a relationship with him. That's what that first part is all about. And we're all about, this whole renowned thing is about spreading God's fame wherever we are. And so that's among the nations too, fully participating in his global purposes. And I don't know if you know that, but God has a plan for the world, for the entire world. He has a purpose for the entire world. And the way we can engage in his purposes is by engaging in poverty, and injustice in Jesus' name. I uh, went to Baylor University in Texas, um, and as uh, a college student there in the ministry that I was a part of, Louie and Shelly Giglio were leading that ministry at the time. They decided to do something my junior year that was pretty different and pretty radical for a college ministry at the time, but they decided to get poor college students to sponsor Compassion International Kids. It was one of the first, and I think it was the first college ministry in America at the time. This was a long time ago, by the way, that actually took on this idea of sponsoring Compassion International kids. If you're not familiar with Compassion International, they're basically a ministry that sets up schools around the world for little kids uh, in in countries that don't have the resources to have schools and things like that. And they, um, by you just giving at the time, it was $24 a month. You could give $24 a month and you could provide a way for a child in a third world country to get an education. And they get a meal every day. And it was a huge, huge benefit. And on top of that, they get to hear the gospel in the process. So at this ministry, they challenged college students to sponsor um, Compassion Kids. And they got 125, 125 kids sponsored in a year, in a school year. 
which Compassion International and their headquarters in Colorado were going, what is going on in Waco, Texas? This is ridiculous. 125, that's, uh, that's almost as many people, if not more people than, than are in the room tonight, okay? Crazy. And 24 bucks a month. And I'm like, I've got resources. I can handle 24 bucks a month. And to be real honest with you, at the time, I'm like, I'm into sponsoring the Compassion International kid because I don't have to go, you know? I mean, somebody else is doing the work, and I get to participate. That's really, really cool, you know? But then, halfway through the school year, Louis announced that actually the ministry would be taking a trip to Ecuador to visit the kid you're sponsoring. And I was like, that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. I want to see how my money's going to use, and I get to meet little Cesar, you know, I'm, me, I'm sponsoring Cesar, and I get to meet him face-to-face. And so me and about 11 other students, you know, plopped down about $1,500, $1,400, jumped on a plane, went to Ecuador for a week, and our kids were spread out all over the country, and we went to see every single one of them. And it was unbelievable. And I mean, here's the crazy thing for me. I just loaded up as much as soccer gear as I possibly could because Cesar loves soccer. And I got him socks and I got him a bag and I got him a ball and I got him shorts and a shirt. And I was like, I'm going to deck you out. You're going to be the coolest looking soccer player in Ecuador, you know? And so, and I'm getting there with all my stuff and I'm coming down. And I mean, I had no idea I'd seen pictures of Cesar, but I mean, he was like 12, 13 years old, but I mean, he was still like that tall when I got to him and like, I totally didn't get the sizing right. And I mean, I think the socks came up to like his chest, you know? I mean, you know how soccer socks are, they're really long. But I got there and I got to meet him and I started just giving him stuff. And I mean, I had this bag that he didn't know I was giving him the bag, but in the bag was all the soccer gear. And I'd like pull out like one pair of socks, you know, a pair of socks. And I mean, he just would take the socks and I mean, he would just give me the biggest hug. And I'm like, hey, you know, we're not done yet, you know? And like, and then I would give him like a t-shirt and then another hug would come. And I'm like, say sorry, wait just on the hugs. I love the hugs, but like, I got more stuff to give you, you know? And I'm just like giving him stuff, you know? And I just want to tell you, I mean, there's nothing like dramatic in this story or anything. I mean, I just was like, I was thinking the whole time I was going to like bless Cesar, you know? And I think it was a blessing for Cesar. But the thing that blew me away about our trip, it just, it totally blew me away, is I really had this arrogance because I just, I didn't, I'd never been out of the country. I didn't understand anything. But I was just like, you know, here come the Americans, you know, we kind of think that way that we're going to like save the day, you know? I don't know if you think like that sometimes, but we act like that. I don't know if y'all know that, but we act like that a lot of times. And I got to Ecuador, and we went to these villages, and we were in these places where they had absolutely nothing, and they were the happiest people I've ever been around. And they had no idea that they had nothing, and they really didn't care. Because somehow in these villages, somebody had told them about God. And that was all they needed. It was all they needed. And it blew me away. The experience that I had there was, it it really, the thing that I remember coming back and getting on the plane is that the stuff of this world does not satisfy. That Jesus Christ is the only thing that can satisfy people. 
And it blew me away. I mean, the other story that we went up uh, north, we were in Guayaquil where Cesar was, and we went to the north of the country, the Quito, the capital, and then we went further north into the mountains. And this is crazy because Ecuador is on the equator. You get that because that's the name. But they had this, like, we were there in, like, you know, late May, early June, and there's this uh, mountaintop snow-capped in Ecuador. And we start driving up to the mountains, and we get into this small little village and our leader of the trip, he gets to meet his kid, and they bring. They are so excited to give see him. They give him a guinea pig. They give him a guinea pig, and and the guinea pig they're giving him is something that they would eat. Yeah, not so cool now, right? <laughs> they're giving him the guinea pig, and they're like, "Here you go. Here's here's the only thing. We're so happy to see you. Here's the only thing we have." And they were so excited. And Dudley was our leader's name. And Dudley was like, no, 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 no. I can't take this. Like, and then he was like, you know, it's like not being polite to receive the gift. And he was like, but we, we can't take the guinea pig. You know, like we can't take it back to the hotel. We can't take it back. You know, we're staying in a hotel. You know, we can't take it to the hotel. We can't take it on the plane. We don't want the guinea pig. Keep your guinea pig. We really appreciate it. But I mean, they didn't have anything. But they had God. And that was enough for them. And the other thing that happened to me was this trip wasn't a really big mission trip for us to really do anything. It was really an exposure trip. It just ex- it got, it exposed me and our team to what God was doing in the world. And it honestly, it changed my life because I knew that there's organizations like Compassion International or World Vision or even just missionaries in general that they're doing great works around the world. And I'm telling you, There are not many places that you can go in this world that God's not doing something. There's some. There's some dark places that we need to go to for sure. But I'm telling you right now, there are most places that you go, God is at work doing an amazing thing. And so what that did for me was it gave me a value to expose myself to different things that are going on in the world. And so we have this value in our college ministry. And as the leader of the college ministry, I think it's really, really important for you to know about things that are going on in the world, for you to be exposed to the things that God is doing in the world. And this is kind of the the thinking about exposure, okay? It says new experiences, new experiences lead to exposure, and see, going to Ecuador was a new experience for me. But new experiences lead to exposure. And then exposure leads to awareness. Exposure leads to awareness. And awareness leads to action. Awareness leads to action. When you're exposed to the needs of the world, then it calls people to action to do something about it. It calls people to action to do something about it. And my responsibility, our responsibility, me and Angie, we want to, to provide opportunities to expose you to things in this world. To show you things that are just a little bit outside of Georgia State. They're just a little bit outside of Kennesaw State, Oglethorpe, wherever school you are at. To get you outside of the bubble and go, God is at work and you need to see that he's doing a great thing. And not only that, 
But he's providing you an opportunity and he's inviting you, giving you a great invitation to participate. Let's dive into some scripture just to see this. Every declaration statement has scripture around it. We're just going to look at one of the scriptures tonight that's around this uh, last declaration. It's Acts 1.8. It says, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And this is Jesus Christ risen from the dead speaking here. And this is the very last thing he's going to say to his followers. He's got the 11 apostles, disciples, are, are standing there. And there's probably a small crowd with them. And he says, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes. So, so the Holy Spirit is going to come. And for us today, if we put our faith in Christ, we have the Holy Spirit in us. And the crazy thing is that word power right there, that word is dynamite. That's how it translates. It's explosive power. It's not power that's just like, oh, yeah, God, he's pretty good. He saved me from my sin. I think I'm going to tell people about him. It's dynamite power. It's, it's explosive. It causes people to look. It causes people to get you know, their attention. It's like, what is going on in him? What is going on in her? What's happened to them? Because they're different I don't know what's, there, what's different about them, but I know that they're different. It says, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you, because you have the Holy Spirit in you, you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Jerusalem is where they lived. Judea was the surrounding area. Samaria was north of Jerusalem. And it was a place that they did not hang out with. They didn't interact with because they were a mixed breed. They despise, the Jews despise Samaritans. And it says, you'll be my witnesses in the city, in the surrounding area, and to the ends of the earth. And for us today, if you were to translate that, if that was spoken to us, it'd be, you'll be my witnesses in Atlanta, in Georgia, in Alabama, and to the ends of the earth. Samaria was Alabama, in case y'all didn't catch that part. <laughs> you will be my witnesses in Atlanta and in Georgia and to the ends of the earth. And so there's a responsibility that each of us have. There's a responsibility that we have if we put our faith in Christ. That we have to be his witnesses here and to the ends of the earth. And so here's what I want to challenge you with tonight. I just want you to do two things. Because for us, I just want you to get this. And college is the best time for you to get your head around this. Okay? But I want to challenge you to do two things. One, I want all of you to think about, pray about, and consider going on one cross-cultural experience while you're in college. Okay? And I say cross-cultural experience 
Because for some of you, that could be a short-term mission trip. For others of you, that could be studying abroad. And I'm all about studying abroad, okay? But the first thing, I'm, for you to do a short-term trip, you can go to globalx.org. And that's the way we do mission trips around here. And there are tons of mission trips that you can go on. And we have some specific for college. You're going to get to meet two of the teams tonight from Spain and Haiti that are um, heading out for spring break. And we're going to pray for them in just a little bit. But there's other trips you can go on that, that aren't college specific. In fact, if you want to figure out how to um, take four days off at the beginning of school next year, that there's a guy looking for um, college students to go to Estonia to, to reach college students in Estonia as they kick off the school year there, okay? And if you can be like, okay, I only got Tuesday, Thursday class, I can miss two days of school, and I can take off Labor Day week and go to Estonia, you could go on this trip. But there's tons of trips that you can go on, and you can go through other agencies. I'm not so concerned about, hey, I'm not trying to promote our stuff up here in Global X. I just want you to go. I want you to go on one trip. And the reason why you're going to go to another country and you're going to get over there, and you're going to see things that you've never seen before. And you're going to see God working in a way that you've never experienced. And what you're going to see is that God is way bigger than you ever thought he was. And then he's doing way more than you could possibly ever imagine. And that's what I want for you. It's my dream that every student, my desire, my goal that every student that comes through our own ministry goes through one cross-cultural experience. If For those of you who are study, like on the study abroad type size, like, okay, mission trip, not so sure, study abroad, I could do that, that's cool. Class in Europe sounds fun. I want to go travel on the weekends and see, like, you know, tourist things. That's, that's totally cool. Here's the thing about studying abroad. I love it. I did it in college. I would totally encourage you to do it. You, you'll get to experience God in that too. But you just got to be really intentional when you go, get over there, finding ministries that you can get involved in while you're studying abroad. Just things that you can check out. And God will use you. It's amazing. But I'm just telling you, get out. Get outside of this country and see what God is doing around the world. Second thing I want to tell you about, Angie already talked beautifully about tonight, but there are things that you can do right here in this city. And one thing that we became very aware of this year at Passion was this whole human trafficking issue that we have in this city. And it's crazy. This is happening in your backyard. And we can do something about it. And I want us to get involved. And so we're inviting Wellspring to come because they're so much uh, smarter than we are in this. They are experts in this whole deal. And they're going to come, and we're actually going to do an interview that night after we watch the Freedom Film from Passion. And how many of you saw the Freedom Film at Passion? Just show of hands, Freedom Film. Okay. Now, how many of you would like to see, who went, would like to see the Freedom Film again? Because it was pretty great, you know? And your friends would enjoy the Freedom Film, okay? And for those of you who are like, what's the Freedom Film? It's about a 30-minute documentary slash drama at the same time. Because it, it, it tells three stories, true stories, of people that have been trafficked that have been freed, which is amazing. Telling you the end of the movie. Sorry, I ruined the punchline for you there. But I'm telling you this because I want you to invite your friends to come, okay? All I want you to do for March 13th, I want you to invite your friends to, to come, and we're going to do our best to promote on the campuses. We're going to come up with a poster that hopefully it can be about a night of freedom and not so much about the living room. And we want to just bless Wellspring Living like crazy that night. And so I'm, I want you to come prepared to give They've got this whole texting campaign that you can text 
this um, free her, text the word free her to this certain number, and you can give $10 to Wellspring Living. And so I want us to bless Wellspring Living that night, and I want us to give them money, okay? And so I want you to come prepared to give. We might even take up an offering and just give it to them as well. And I think we can do that, and we can help make a difference in human trafficking. And then what we're going to hear from them is lots of opportunities that they've created for college students to get involved with the very issue in this city. And the biggest need that they have is to create awareness on the campuses because they need people to be involved with this. And we can make a difference right here in the city. Okay, and I'm just going to say this. I feel like this is kind of more like females are in the human trafficking like issue more than the guys. And I totally, I, I, I think I understand some of that. And I don't, I don't want you to feel bad, like you're not like human trafficking, we're going to stop it, like you're passionate about it. Listen, the thing about this, I mean, it's an issue that we can all make a difference in, but the bigger issue here behind the 268 Declaration is I, wanna, I want you to find something that you can get excited about, that you, you are gifted to make a difference in, and make a difference in this city, and that's just one of the issues. We've got tons of issues in this city. We've got serious poverty issues in this city. We've got serious homeless issues in this city, and we can make a difference in those too. But this is one cause that we're going to lift up on March 13th. So the challenge for you, I want you to go on a cross-cultural experience. And number two, I want you to help us make March 13th a great night where we can bless Wellspring Living and help provide them with some resources financially and people-wise to create awareness in the city and to help stop human trafficking. So those are two things that I wanted you to do. And then I just want us to wrap up here. This is, um, is kind of the, the end of the declaration statement. This is the last statement, but every statement has a prayer. And I want us to focus on that, but I'm going to read the declaration again just one more time. It says, because God is seeking worshipers of all peoples, I will spread his fame among the nations, fully participating in his global purposes and engaging poverty and injustice in Jesus' name. And then it comes with this prayer. And this is a potent prayer. You might, I mean, you might want to pause before you pray this prayer and think about it. Like, are you willing to have God answer this prayer? But God, kindle in me the desire to go anywhere at any time, at any cost, to do anything to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's heavy. You pray that prayer and your life is going to change. I'm just telling you right now, you pray that prayer and your life will change. But I'm telling you this right now. If you pray the prayer, you're up for the greatest adventure that God could ever have for you. Because if he's called you to go anywhere, to do anything for Christ, and you don't go, you're going to miss out. I mean, do you not want to be where God wants you to be? And so I just would challenge you to think about that and say, okay, am I willing to raise the white flag and surrender and say, God, my life is yours and whatever you have for me, I'm willing to go.
So I just want us to wrap up the whole thing, and we're going to bring up the um, mission trip teams in a second, but I just want us to go back to the very beginning where we started. It's Isaiah 26, 8. And it says, Yes, Lord, walking in the way of your truth, we wait eagerly for you, for your name and your renown are the desires of our souls. It's all about saying yes to him. It's all about giving your life to him. And Lord is all about raising the white flag of surrender. That's what it means that he's your Lord. And this series is about living for the glory of God. And people say that all the time. And it sounds like this big, audacious, like, live for the glory of God, or I want to do that for the glory of God, and I want to play sports for the glory of God, and I want to do my academics for the glory of God. And I don't mock that right now. I mean, I think that's a great thing to say, but what does that mean? What does that mean, to live for the glory of God? And what it means is that in all the things that you do, that you would reveal Christ in them, that people would see that you're filled with the Holy Spirit, that power, that dynamite power, see something different, and that you would reveal Christ to the world that you live in. That's what it means to live for the glory of God. There's a verse that we haven't looked at, I don't believe, in this whole thing. It's the preamble before you get into the 268 declaration. I mean, Isaiah 26 8 is there, but. When the authors of the 268 Declaration got together, for some reason, they kind of stuck this Psalm 86, 11 and 12, and just said it would, this would be a generation that makes this kind of their cry. And it says this, teach me your way, Lord, that I may rely on your faithfulness. Give me an undivided heart that I may fear your name. I will praise you, Lord, my God, with all my heart. I will glorify your name forever. And from the beginning, this whole thing, we've been saying we want to be a part of a movement. That's what I'm longing for. And it's really, honestly, this is why we spent the five weeks talking about this thing. Because it's like, okay, how do we teach a group of students how to be a movement? What are the components that they got to have in their life? And, and it's, it's a movement that relies on God's faithfulness. That I would rely on your faithfulness. And that's a really huge statement. I mean, it's a huge statement to start off and say, teach me your way, Lord. That's, that's amazing. We need to learn his way if we're going to be a movement that lives for him. But while we're learning his way, we're relying on God's faithfulness. And I think that's when my sin happens. I'll just be honest with you. I sin when I don't rely on God's faithfulness because I rely on my faithfulness. And my faithfulness, I know, is terrible. It's going to fail me every single time. But God's faithfulness never fails me. And so it's about relying on his faithfulness. He says, give me an undivided heart. What is that? It's a single focused heart. It's not going two ways. It's not here on Tuesday night going, I'll raise the right flag. And then Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, 
living like the world lives. That's what an, a divided heart looks like. He says, give me an undivided heart that I may fear your name. I will praise you, Lord, my God, with all my heart. I will glorify your name forever. I will glorify your name forever is the whole thing. I will reveal Christ in my life forever. That's for eternity. And eternity is now if you know Jesus Christ. It doesn't begin in heaven. It begins when your relationship started with him. Eternal life is here and now. And that's the invitation for us. And so I want us to be a movement. And the way I want us to be a movement is I want you to start learning these things. And so we've given you this 268 declaration. And I just want to challenge you. I want you to keep this. I want you to, I want you to keep this in your Bible and I want you to like study it. I want you to look at the scriptures. I want you to take notes in your Bible or in a journal and, and even find other scriptures that undergird these truths. And that's why we're giving you this. I want you to be able to refer to it. I know it's big, but it's because we, have, we wanted to get all the scriptures and the prayers in there. And then the second thing, I want you to help us be a movement. And I'm being serious with that. I want you to be our partners in ministry. And I'm just going to be honest with you. You cannot do this on your own. You cannot live for the glory of God on your own. And that's why community is so important. It's why we want you to be plugged into a small group. It's why we want you to be involved here. But you can't do this on your own. But to be real honest with you, we can't be a movement without you either. You're really, really important to us. I don't know if you know that. I don't know if you feel, don't feel like we value you, but we really, really value you. And you're like, you don't even know me. I'm like, well, I want to get to know you. We want to get to know you. So please get plugged in, get involved. But we want to be a movement. And that's what I want to experience. And that's what I want you to experience while you're in college. And I think if we start experiencing a movement on our campuses and in this city, it's going to overflow to other ministries. And we're going to be able to celebrate that and celebrate what God is doing here in Atlanta to the ends of the earth. And that's what I want you to be a part of. That's it. That's the whole thing. That we be of movement that says, you know what? In all that we do, we want to reveal Christ to the world that we live in. So we're going to call up the um, Spain. we got two trips going. So if you're on the Spain team, if you'll come up here. And if you're on the Haiti team, if you'll come up here as well. Y'all are going to stand right here. I'm going to ask the rest of you to pray for them and, uh, just now. Here's the, the amazing thing. So we've got this team going to Spain. It's our second trip. Spain is a really hard place. Y'all can just stand right here. And, um, and so Spain is crazy because it's like a Catholic country. And we have nothing against Catholics I just want to say that publicly as well. But the, the, the crazy thing is if you're not Catholic and you're like an evangelical, then you're seen as a cult. And so we have a partnership church in Seville, um, Sevilla, Spain. I say Seville. So, um, but we have a partnership church called Parque Este. They've been uh, plugging away over there. And they're looked at in the community there as a cult. 
And we're trying to change that reputation there. And this team over here is going to Spain. This team is led by Melissa Edge right here and Carolyn Norton. And just so you know, Melissa and Carolyn and Carly, I'm going to introduce in a second, they're small group leaders as well. They're amazing leaders, and they're giving their time and effort to lead these teams. They've done an amazing job. This team has had some crazy stuff. All teams that go have some crazy stuff. This guy almost didn't get to go on the trip. We're still not sure if he's going on the trip <laughs> right now. He, ha he has a Jamaican passport. You've got to have a visa to get in Spain from Jamaica. We just found that out. So they went to Miami to the Spanish consulate to get his visa. And, um, and we're praying it's going to come in on time Thursday. And then the crazy thing, Seth Condry over here is going on this trip as well. It's really, really cool. Hey, everybody, you know, claps for the famous guy, you know. You guys are just as important. I just want you to know that. And so, um, but Seth's going to do a concert next Friday night, and then he's going to do, like, some leadership training, and he's going to speak the next night, apparently, we just found out. And he's going to do, I mean, it's amazing. He's going to lead worship on Sunday for them, too. But uh, you don't know this, but Seth has won a Dove Award, which is like a Grammy for Christian artists. And so... Um, and in Spanish, okay, which is amazing. So, because he's American and he won it in Spanish. So, um, <clears throat> he couldn't win one in, in America, so he got the Spanish one. So, <laughs> I'm just kidding. That was bad. So, uh, um, anyway, I need a drummer right now. But, um, so, um, but so, so looking forward to them going. They're doing outreach in the schools and uh, doing a youth event at the end of the week in a concert. So I want you to pray for them. And then Carly Westcott is over here, and uh, Carly is leading this team to Haiti. And um, it's also our second, is it our second trip, Emily, through Haiti? Second trip. Okay, second trip to Haiti. I couldn't remember if it's our third, but second trip to Haiti. And Carly, by the way, is a Georgia Tech graduate. Woo! Just want to say that. And I love it because Carly was in our college ministry as well. So this is really, really cool. And she's a small group leader as well. So she's like an all-star as well. So we got the Haiti team here, okay? And so Haiti is crazy because here's what you can pray for for Haiti, okay? They really don't even know what they're doing yet, Okay. And that's kind of how it always goes for Haiti because there's so much work to be done. And so we kind of find out like in the last two weeks before they leave, hey, this is what we think you're going to be doing. This is kind of what they get told. And then they get there and it's like, oh, we thought you're going to be doing this, but we need you to excavate this little area, you know, over here. Okay. But I do know one of the things they'll be working with some kids at some point in time during the week because you interact with kids while you're there. And the thing that you can pray for for them is that they would have energy, that God would protect them, that God would provide for them, um, that God would give them opportunities to interact and share the gospel with these little kids and just love the people of Haiti, okay? That's what you can pray for them. And for Spain, you can pray that they, um, do, they, they make great connections. They have three days in schools over there that they get an hour with the students to do these presentations. But one, that they would build relationships throughout the week and then um, after they kind of build these relationships, these students would come to the event that they're doing at the end of the week and that they would hear the gospel and get involved with our church there. So here's what I'm, if, you're, if you have friends up here and you are comfortable, please come, stand with them, pray for them right now. And so just come on. Band, if y'all can come too and y'all can go ahead and get cranked up, that would be awesome. And um, so just come and pray for them and just start praying right now. Start praying for both of these teams. I would love it if y'all come up and pray. That would be great. Staff, I would love it. And, and uh, even just friends of, of staff, come up here and pray for these teams as well. That would be great. And then I'll close this in just a second.
Father, we thank you tonight for these students. God, I thank you for the way you're providing for every single one of their needs. And, and many of them are like, there's no way I can raise this money, God. And you've provided every penny. And some of them are still praying right now. They're going, no, I need more pennies, God, uh, over here on the Haiti side especially. And we know the pennies are coming. We know they're coming because you're going to make a way because you have a plan for every single one of them to be in Haiti and over spring break. And so, God, we just we thank you in advance for what you're going to provide because you are a provider, God. And I just thank you for the way you've orchestrated their steps, the way you brought together these teams, the way that you've unified them, and the way you're preparing them even now, God. And we just ask, God, that you would protect these, uh, these team members, God, as they go. And that as they go, that they would shine and radiate the glory of the living Son of God, Jesus Christ, risen from the dead. And that even as they just walk off the airplane and walk in the cities, that people would see something different on their faces. That they would see the joy of the Lord that's in each and every one of them, God. And I pray you give them wisdom and discernment and patience with one another, God. That they may shine for you and make you known. God, we want to see a great work in Spain, and we want to see the gospel go forth, and we want to see a movement happen in Spain, God. And so would you make this week, this week, this moment, be a moment, it's a turning point for the city of Seville that would impact the entire nation, God. That the fruits of it would come for years and years to come, God. Father, and I pray that for Haiti, God, and there's so much damage and destruction there. And God, I just pray you being the healer that you are, that you would heal the nation of Haiti, God. And in the midst of brokenness, you can be strong, and we know that to be true, God. And so I just pray that you would come and be powerful in these team members, God, and that they would radiate your gospel, your truth, your healing power, to the nation of Haiti, God. And God, I just pray for family members who are scared to death, who are questioning, who are combative. I pray that you give them peace somehow. And God, I pray for everyone that's involved in that whole process, that this would be a moment that grows their faith, that we walk away from this experience and say you are greater, that you are good, and that you are a wonderful God who has an incredible plan for these people and for the people all over the world, God. And God, we just thank you for what you're going to do in advance. We thank you for tonight. We send these students out and these leaders out with your favor upon them. And we ask that you would bless them for your namesake and for your power to be made known in these countries. And it's in Jesus' name that we all pray. Amen.